And welcome to episode 24 of Katie's Corner, here presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by our friends at Johnstone Supply and our friends over on Mohawk Honda. Fall is in the air. It's officially fall, actually. It just turned fall a couple of days ago. According to the, uh, the, the scientists and the meteorologists, we all knew it was coming. Everything was pumpkin spice this, Halloween that, leaves are turning colors, all that stuff. And yeah, that's great. <clears throat> Things change every few months with the seasons. But the one constant you can rely on is the buying experience and even the selling experience over at Mohawk Honda on Freeman's Bridge Road in Scotia. They will greet you with a smile, treat you with respect, and make sure they get you set up with the right vehicle at the right price for your budget and your lifestyle. New vehicle inventory is also ramping up right now with pilots, passports, and ridgelines. 2023 is hitting the lot right now but it's also the best time ever to sell your vehicle like it has been all year they had their kelly blue book instant cash offers and right now mohawk kind of continues to buy cars and in some cases they'll be able to sell it to you for more uh, you'll be able to sell it excuse me for more than you paid for it which is just another advantage you get from the number one volume dealer in the capital region talk to general manager greg johnson the head man the head of the table and any one of his team of sales consultants from the rest of the bloodline, and they're always available to help you in the buying process or in the selling process. And they even have Scott Moynihan back on staff at Mohawk Honda, bring his 30-plus years of automotive experience with him. So when you go there to sell your car or buy a car, make sure you say hi and welcome Scott back home with arms wide open. Yes, the season's changed, but Mohawk Honda, nothing changes about their high-quality service. Because at Mohawk Honda, Freeman's Bridge Road in Scotia, they always go out of their way to please you. And now I get right into, effectively, episode 24 of Katie's Corner. I do apologize for missing a week. Things have been crazy. Life comes first. Sorry. But uh, in the process, we had <clears throat> playoff spots clinched, division titles clinched, milestones reached, and we're going to cover all that over the course of the next half hour or so. Let's start with the playoff race, and let's take a look at those beautiful standings right now. Let's begin with the senior circuit, the National League. Mets and Braves currently one game apart in the standings at the top of the AL East. Mets 98 and 58, Braves 97 and 59. Phillies 14 back of the Mets, but still Scratching and clawing to see if they can potentially backdoor into the wild card, although it does not look good since they've lost their last four and seven of their last ten. In the Central, Cardinals have clinched a playoff spot, have not officially clinched the NL Central, but it can happen today as they are six and a half clear of the Brewers. And if I remember correctly, I believe the Cardinals are playing today. The Brewers salvaged with a win last night. So now we're going to see the Brewers are actually hosting the Marlins today. Well, tonight, I should say, as we're recording this on Thursday, the 29th. Cardinals are off. So it's going to be the Brewers. If they win, they, by the skin of their teeth, are still going to be alive for the NL Central. If they lose to the Marlins tonight, then the Cardinals clinch the NL Central. In the West, obviously the Dodgers, 107-48, and 48, best record in baseball, let alone the National League. Nine clear for that, uh, I mean, nine and a half clear of the Mets for that distinction. Ten in the loss column. 
Uh, and then the Padres and Giants are fighting. I don't know how the Giants are still alive, but they're fighting for wild card spots. So that is that. <clears throat> as far as the wild card is concerned in the National League, we'll take a peek at that real quick. As I mentioned, Atlanta already clinched a playoff spot, so they are going to be the number one playoff spot. They'll be the four seed in the National League, and then everybody else is fighting for the five and six seeds. The Padres are two and a half clear of the Phillies, who are the last two wildcard teams as of right now. The Brewers are a half game back of the Phillies, while the Giants are six and a half back. So, again, effectively, we're looking at the Giants being eliminated probably any day now as things continue. Otherwise, everyone else in the National League has been officially eliminated from playoff contention, which would be Arizona, Chicago, Colorado, Miami, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Washington. So seven teams officially eliminated, two more to be officially eliminated, more than uh, one, I would say, more than likely within the next 48 hours, another probably a final day cut down, as it looks right now. In the American League, the New York Yankees, they won the American League East on Tuesday night. Further solidified their case last night, finishing two out of three in Toronto. They have clinched the AL East, so now Toronto just continues to fight for a wild card spot, along with Tampa Bay and Baltimore, who are within seven games, of each, six and a half games of each other. Excuse me. Uh, Toronto, and then in that order, Toronto, Tampa, Baltimore. In the Central, Everybody is eliminated from playoff contention aside from the Cleveland Guardians who clinched the uh, the AL Central Championship. And they are going to be the three seed. They can't catch the Yankees, so they will be the three seed. And then finally in the West, uh, everybody's eliminated except the Astros and Mariners. The Astros already clinched the, champ, the uh, West Division title. And now it's just a matter of them holding on. They're five and a half clear of the Yankees for that one spot, and both teams are off today. So, uh, uh, the Rose, they have, basically, the Yankees have an extra game in hand. The Yankees have seven to play. Astros only have six, um, and I'll explain why the Yankees have seven in a second. Well, not a second, but in a little bit. Um, so, hypothetically, what well, well, Realistically, the Astros are going to be the one seed. The Yankees are going to be the two seed. But hypothetically, there is a chance if the Astros decide to punt the final six games of the season and the Yankees end up with seven more wins to finish the season on a game on a nine-game win streak, then yes, the Yankees can be the one seed. But being realistic, let's just call it – let's call a spade a spade. Astros will be the one seed. Yankees will be the two seed. And then Cleveland, the three. As far as the wild card is concerned, Toronto is – uh, let's see here. They are two games clear. Look, actually, no, hang on. Two, one, no. They are a game and a half clear of Tampa Bay for the first wild card spot. And then Tampa is only a half game ahead of Seattle for the second wild card spot. And Tampa Bay is off today while the Mariners are playing tonight. They are. Uh, hosting the Rangers tonight at 940, while the Rays, as I mentioned, they are off. So potentially we could see a tie for that second and those second and third wildcard spots after action tonight on the West Coast. Meanwhile, Baltimore currently sits four and a half back of the Mariners, and then the only American League team remaining 
that isn't in one of those three spots right now that can potentially slide into a wild card spot. And they they are supposed they are uh, excuse me they are at Fenway tonight for uh, I mean excuse me this afternoon for a one thirty five start. So Baltimore is on the outside looking in, and you never know because Seattle, while they see, let me put it this way. All four of these teams still alive for the three American League wildcard spots have been wildly inconsistent lately. They've all gone four and six in their last ten. And really nobody in the American League has been laying claim to being ready for the playoffs aside from the three division champions. The Yankees, Guardians, and Astros. Yankees have won nine of the last ten. Cleveland's won eight of the last ten. Astros have won seven of the last ten. Everyone else has pretty much... Uh, been pitiful. Three of their last ten, four of the last ten. In fact, the only other team in the American League to have been above 500 their last ten games. This is going to shock some. The Royals are six and four, and the Tigers are seven and three, and the Angels are six and four. So, like, that's that's just wild and crazy. There's no other way to explain that. So, that's how things look in the playoff picture. Obviously, all three divisions are done in the American League. All two of the three are done in the National League. The only division, only division that's up for grabs still, uh, especially come this weekend, is the National League East between the Braves and the Mets. Before we get into the Mets and the Yankees, I just want to talk to you real quick about our friends over uh, Johnstone Supply in Troy. You know, it's it's getting cold out there, folks. All right. I know we've had a couple of days where we fluctuated back up to the 70s recently, and we've had showers and storms. But let's face it, temperatures are starting to dip down. It's fall out there. We're gradually going to get ourselves towards winter and the holiday season, which means you got to make sure that you are nice and warm and your family stays nice and warm throughout the colder months of dread that is the winter, which means you don't want to be left down the cold and you need to call Johnstone Supply and Troy to make sure that your heating system and your furnace is in good working order so you aren't left out in the cold. They got all the great brands and parts that you could possibly need, including Goodman, Fujitsu, and Westinghouse, all at great prices. And if you need a brand new heating system instead of just fixing one or two parts in that furnace or fixing a thermostat, well, Johnstone Supply has got your hookup. Talk to all our great people over there. George has been on getting there with Gaza a number of times. Great guy over there. Also talk to Kev, James Bird. They'll all be able to help you out and make sure that you are all nice and warm for those cold winter months. Stay warm all winter long by calling Johnstone Supply and Troy, 518-272-5922, or visit their brick-and-mortar location over at 2600 6th Avenue in Troy. Get your heating system fixed or installed today. By calling 518-272-5922. Visit them at johnstonesupply.com or, as I mentioned, their brick-and-mortar location, 2600 6th Avenue in Troy. So, getting to the Mets. Speaking of heat, the heat is on for them, and it's a, of uh, obviously partial fault to them because they've been losing games uh, at times, but also no fault of their own because the, the, game, the Braves just keep on chugging. Um as far as their injuries are concerned, uh, good to see that they got Scherzer back. They got Tyler McGill. Uh, Drew Smith is back. 
Uh, unfortunately, they did lose Tommy Hunter, went on the aisle with lower back tightness. Uh, kind of a question mark as to how soon he could possibly return. Uh, they're talking about some time um, to potentially make the playoff roster maybe next week. But again, it's nobody really knows. Technically, he's going to be eligible to return the final day of the season, although it seems unlikely the Mets would activate him for a single game. So instead, it looks like he's going to be receiving regular treatment as he has been the last week. And they're just going to hope he's in shape in time for the playoffs. As far as Brett Batty is concerned, he underwent surgery September 1st for that torn right thumb ligament, which he injured against the Rockies in late August. Um, typically, that surgery requires five weeks of recovery time, but there hasn't been any real update on any recovery being done in the field, any hitting drills, anything like that. So is it possible he could join if the Mets make a deep run in the playoffs? Possibly. Um, but I wouldn't count on it as of right now. As far as Stowing Marte is concerned, the main concern for this Mets squad, he had that non-displaced fracture of his right middle finger. He received a CT scan back on Monday that showed improved healing in the finger, but it remained immobilized in a splint as of yesterday on Wednesday the 28th. Um, the plan is for Marte to resume hitting and throwing drills once the pain and slowing subsides as he's had to cut short two prior sessions of hitting and throwing due to lingering discomfort. So right now, there's still no clear timetable for stalling Marte to return to the Mets. Possible right now, he does not join the Mets at all during this final stretch in the last week of the season, and they hold him off until the playoffs start, which, is, which could go one of two ways. If they hold on and win the NL East then obviously they get that extra almost week off as the playoff schedule lays out. So let's take a look at that schedule real quick. Just get an idea of where everyone, where you would be sitting if things start off the way they start off. So here's, here's the situation. So if, let me take a peek here. All right. So if we have a situation where the Mets do not win the um, the Mets do not win the East and they fall into that first wild card slot. They would be playing seventh, eighth, and ninth. They would host all three games, by the way, if necessary. The highest the highest team in the wild card hosts the second wild card, and then the last wild card plays at the lowest record uh, division champ. So in this case, that would be the Cardinals um, because they're, the Cardinals are not going to catch the Braves or Mets for number two, so that's how that works. So basically, the Mets would be in a three-game series, potentially the 7th, 8th, and 9th of October, which would be next Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But if they were to hold on and win the East, then you're looking at not starting play until the 11th. So hypothetically, you hold on to the East, all right? Second, third, fourth. You're talking about Tuesday the, the 11th. I had to do a quick, quick uh, little math in my head to make sure I had that correct. So basically, right now the season ends on Wednesday the 5th. So either you're going to have one day off and then play a three-game series, or you're going to have five days off and start the NLDS. 
obviously for the Mets, you would prefer trying to heal everyone up and put yourself in a situation where you can, you know, have the rest, make sure everybody's on point. Um, one other thing, can we can we stop this Darren Ruff experiment, please? It's it's just not working. It's just not working. Let's just. Lonzo at first, Vogelbach DH, Darren Ruff never sees the field. Let's just let's just go with that. Can we can we please do that? Uh, it's just it's just not worth it. It's not worth it at all. Uh, it's making it's making Buck look silly. It's making the team look silly. Just let's please stop with that. Nobody nobody wants to see Darren Ruff on a baseball field anymore, especially if they're a Mets fan. They just they just want to see it. So let's stop the Darren Ruff experiment and just put him on the back burner and just. I don't know. Just move on. Move on from the Darren Ruff experiment. It's just nobody wants to see it, and let's just walk away from that. Now, moving on to the AL East champion New York Yankees. They just clinched the other night in Toronto in Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s house and finished up by taking two out of three after last night's win in which Garrett Cole went perfect through five and then struggled his way through the six, somehow got out of it by giving up only three runs, and then... Uh, ended up pitching six and a third uh, in the, I believe it was an eight, three win for the Yankees. I remember the score correctly. Um, don't quote me. Just bear with me for a second as I pull up that score uh, real quick from last night. Yeah. Eight, three um, judge hit 61, which we'll touch on in a moment, but all in all, I want to really touch on the fact that this Yankee team may have accidentally fallen into Something very interesting. Uh, and when I say that, I'm talking about Harrison Bader now. He comes off the IL and welcome to the New York Yankees, Harrison Bader. He's he, he's being productive. And now it's 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 gonna make you think a lot, because think think of it this way. Glaber is hitting better recently. Aaron Hicks has seemed to found something last week or two. Um as well, though, Cabrera has done all right. Peraza has been a nice, pleasant surprise. Even LaCastro has been producing since coming off the IL the last few day, the last few games. I mean, there's a lot of flexibility here, more so than I thought they were going to have. By the way, welcome back, Miguel Andujar, as the Yankees claimed them off of waivers from Pittsburgh last weekend. Um... Obviously, would you like DJ LeMahieu and Andrew Benintendi back in the lineup? Yes. But as of right now, you have enough moving parts that are making you feel okay for the time being. They are. Let's just call the spade a spade. You're okay. Now, LeMahieu apparently is going to um, be activated for the start of tomorrow's weekend series against Baltimore. At Yankee Stadium. By the way, I almost forgot. The Mets schedule to close out the season. They're off today. They play three in Atlanta, basically for the AL East, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then they come home and host the Nationals for three, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to close out the season. Um, but back to the Yankees now. Um, so LeMahieu is apparently going to return to start the Baltimore series tomorrow. Um, but here's here's the problem. While LeMahieu has said that the condition of his uh, – toe inflammation has improved. 
Nobody is saying LeMahieu's at 100%. In fact, Boone's quote was, quote, we're about at the point of let's go give this thing a go. Everyone has been encouraged that it's moving in a pretty good direction. But nobody's saying that he's actually ready to go, that he's actually 100%. They're basically saying, all right, let's stop jerking around with this thing. Just put him out there and let's see what happens. So they're basically will- saying they're willing to put an 80% DJ Mayhew, and this is me exaggerating, obviously. We don't know if it's 80%, 90%, whatever. But he's basically saying, I'm willing to put a not 100% DJ Mayhew in the lineup over Peraza and Cabrera, which I think is a mistake. There's no need to push it. You, you've already clinched the number two seed in the playoffs, which gives you five extra days off, well, four or five extra days off, depending on when the, the schedule starts. Bear with me for a second. I'm going to go back to that schedule uh, to see when the series would start. So you're looking at, yeah, you're looking at the 11th as well. So you're looking at four extra days off. You wouldn't have had if you got stuck in Cleveland's spot where they're going to be the three the three seed and stuck playing a wild card team in a best of three series next weekend. You're getting four bonus days off compared to the Guardians and three less games in the tank. And you're just going to go ahead and say, let's rush DJ Mayhew. I'm not saying you're rushing it. Well, not rushing it per se. Maybe that's not the right word. But you're, you're bringing him back sooner than you have to. You've already clinched division. You're not catching the Astros. So what's the point? At, at this juncture, I would rather Aaron Boone say, you know what? Take your time. If you feel good enough to test it out during the Texas series, when we could afford resting guys like Rizzo for a couple of days, or uh, I, well, not IKF, but uh, Donaldson or whoever, or Glaber, and you want to throw him at first, second, or third, Okay. But if you're at a point which Aaron Boone was yesterday saying we're at, we're at the point of let's go give this thing a go. That doesn't sound very encouraging that he's even at 100%. So if, I, if I'm Aaron Boone, instead of doing the old, well, let's give it a shot and see what happens. No. I would rather him sit out this Baltimore series and see where he's at and then maybe let him give it a go for a game or two in the Texas series. Most notably, I'd go with game one of the double, or game one or two of the doubleheader on Tuesday, because that's why the Yankees have an extra game in hand. They're playing three against Baltimore at Yankee Stadium, and they're playing four games in Texas with a doubleheader on Tuesday. So, if I were Aaron Boone, what I would have done is hold off the weekend, as much as you love to see him play at home. Get through the weekend without him. Get to Texas. See where he's at on Monday. And if he feels good to go, then you throw him in the lineup to uh, for one of the two games on Tuesday. And then give him that Wednesday that Wednesday finale off just so you can gauge how the toe was impacted by playing a full game. But instead, Aaron Boone this is like, screw this stuff. Let's just get him back out there, even though you don't need him because you already have your spot locked up. You're not moving up. You're not moving down. I just, I don't know. I just, I just feel like Boone is like, just, uh, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. In the meantime, uh, Matt Carpenter, left foot fracture, uh, 
sounds hopeful that he's going to um, be back for that Texas series I just mentioned this coming Monday through Wednesday. Uh, he had new x-rays taken on the 20th that showed progress, which cleared him for uh, for more weight-bearing activities and to take off the protective walking boot he had been using. So that was nine days ago. Uh, now, apparently he's going to have new x-rays taken over the weekend to verify whether he's actually good to go. Um, my guess is that Carpenter, again, like I said with what they should have done with LeMahieu, if he is cleared to return, they'll probably put him in one of those two doubleheader games and use Wednesday as an off day for him to see what happens. Uh, Frankie Montas was put on the IL uh, about a week and a half ago, I believe. Uh, he's scheduled to resume throwing sometime this weekend. Uh, could be as soon as tomorrow. Might be Saturday or Sunday instead. Uh, but Aaron Boone said uh, it may not provide Montas enough time to be built up as a starting pitcher for the postseason instead might be used as a reliever or as an opener who throws 30 to 40 pitches and make that a bullpen game. Boone said, quote, I do think there's a chance that he could have a role and impact us. It's just a matter of how the next couple of weeks goes. Um, so he was placed on the IL back on the 20th, which was retroactive to the 17th, after experiencing discomfort in his pitching shoulder during his start on the 16th. Um, he had inflammation, received a cortisone injection on the 19th, um, said it's not as significant as the uh, inflammation he experienced when he was pitching for the Athletics earlier in the year when he went on the IL around the 4th of July and didn't pitch again to the 21st, um, which was right before the Yankees acquired him at the deadline. Um, and so that's that with Montas. Personally, here, here's my thing with the rotation. Obviously, Cole is there. Nestor's there. Big question becomes who's your three and who's maybe a four. As they're pitching right now, I would lean Severino and Tyone being your three and four in whatever order you want them. I think Domingo Herman's the odd man out. Obviously, it sounds like <clears throat> it sounds like Frankie Montas is an odd man out as well and gonna be from the bullpen. Which is interesting because think think of this bullpen right now because Clay Holmes is more confusing than ever before. There's a hope and prayer apparently that Michael King might not need Tommy John. He's going to get a new opinion this weekend. Luizaga scares me. Luki I can live with. Peralta who is hoping to come back um, when he's eligible, which would be during the Ranger series. Um, that would be a nice welcome back. Clark Schmidt, I just know. No. Marinaccio, I, I can live with. Trevino, obviously, I can live with. F. Ross, I can live with. Let me tell you the one person I didn't expect to say that about, though. Roldis Chapman. Chapman was warming up for the the bomb of the ninth last night against Toronto. It was at the time a same situation. It was a 6-3 lead. Yankees added on two thanks to uh, Aaron Simber not knowing how to cover home plate. <laughs> and the Yankees extend their lead to 8-3. 
And Boone said, screw it, I'm still putting Chappie in. And what do you know, Chapman pitches a very clean 1-2-3-9th inning and maintains the 8-3 victory, which caught me off guard because if you know anything about Roldis Chapman, he gets really weird about pitching in non-safe situations and usually craps the bed when that happens. But last night, he did not do that and was clean sheet 1-2-3 out of there. Um, Good on him. Um, by the way, not done with Yankees injuries. Andrew Benintendi, uh, he said last week that he was hoping to join the rejoin the Yankees during the postseason, saying that overall he feels pretty great about his right hand, which had a broken bone in it. Hasn't had a setback yet, so he's going to keep going the course and see how it plays out. Um, he underwent surgery back on the 6th to repair the broken hook of the handmade bone in his right hand, wearing a protective air cast on the wrist since feeling a pop in the right wrist when he took a swing back on the second at Tropicana Field, but nothing new. That's as of last Thursday. Um, Albert Abreu, nothing new, and that's really the gist of it. So, um, so a, a lot of potential Yankees um, returning. Uh, a lot of it's up in the air, though, still. All depends on what happens over the weekend while the Yankees are hosting Baltimore, and then when the Yankees get to Texas for Monday through Thursday. Now we get to the general news and notes section of the show to wrap up things. Um, I'm going to put this out there just because since our last show, both these things have happened, and I feel like it's an appropriate comparison in a way. So, since episode 23 aired two weeks ago, Albert Pujols became the fourth player in Major League Baseball history to hit 700 career home runs, joining Babe Ruth with 714, Hank Aaron with 755, and Barry Bonds with his asterisk lead in 762. Nobody at any point, at least that I can think of, during the career of Albert Pujols, has questioned his viability as a clean player. No steroids, no performance-enhancing drugs of any kind. The same token, we just had Aaron Judge last night in Toronto tie the American League home run record held by Roger Maris since 1961. Uh, 61 homers. Obviously, Judge now has seven more games, depending on any rest days. Uh, he has seven more games in total to potentially hit number 62 and beyond and extend the record if he wants to for the uh, most home runs in a single season in the American League. Now, the reason I bring these two milestones up in the same breath is because the as I've watched the coverage of Albert Pujols this season leading up to 700 home runs and seen all the the pleasantries that came Albert's way over the course of this season. And then also um, in the same token, have watched Aaron judge in his approach to this season where he bet on himself. Remember it did not take any contract offer from the Yankees during spring training and said, let me go earn my keep. There's a lot of Albert Pujols. I feel in Aaron judge. 
I mean that both as a human being and as a player. Aaron Judge is potentially going to win the Triple Crown, as it looks right now. Obviously, Aaron Judge is far and away the leader in home runs and RBI in the American League. We know that. We are well aware of that. He is... Take a look here. Home runs, come on. So, 61. Next closest guy is Mike Trout at 38. Jordan Alvarez at 37. We look at RBI. Aaron Judge is at 130. The next closest person is Jose Ramirez of the Indians at 119. Kyle Tucker at 104 for the Astros. Nobody else has even 100 in the American League. Batting average right now, Judge is at 313. Louis Arias of the Twins is decimal points behind him. Also at 313, Xander Bogart is at 309. War. This is where it gets interesting. For position players, Aaron Judge, well, uh, Aaron Judge's war is a 10.4. For position players, the next closest person is Andres Jimenez of the Cleveland Guardians, 6.9. Hear me right, 6.9. Only other person in the sixes is Jordan Alvarez of Houston with a 6.5. All players in the American League, including pitchers. Aaron Judge, 10.4. Next is Otani with the Angels, 9.2. And then if we're including other pitchers, uh, the only other pitcher with a war over six is Dylan Cease of the White Sox at 6.6. That's absurd. That is absurd. Um, there's another way to explain it. That's just ridiculous. Um, and the crazy thing is, um, because we know Aaron Judge loves giving days off to people. Aaron Judge has only taken four games off. Aaron Judge has played 151 of the Yankees' 155 games thus far. Um... But anyways, back to the, the Albert comparison. Aaron Judge is another one. Nobody's questioning if he's clean. Nobody's questioning PEDs or steroids or anything of the sort. All you hear about off the field is Aaron Judge being a tremendous guy, having a big heart, this, that, and the other thing. I feel like Aaron Judge, both on the field statistically and off the field as a human being, is our new Albert Pujols. Obviously, a lot different background. Aaron Judge from the U.S. Albert Pujols, Hispanic, has that special outreach to the Latin community. So a little different in that regard. But as human beings, in general, and as baseball players, I don't know. I, just, I get a Pujols feel from Aaron, from Aaron Judge, and I can't help it. Maybe it's just the coincidence that they both went from milestones in the same season when Pujols is on his way out and Judge is just in the apex of his career. I don't know. But I'm just telling you, that's the feeling I've been getting. Uh, real quick before we get out of here. Uh, rule changes in the MLB that were announced a few weeks ago that I did not get to touch on uh, before. Uh, looks like they're going to institute a pitch clock. 
Uh, one, they're going to be two different pitch clocks. One for when there's no nobody on base, and then a different pitch clock when there are runners on base. Also, batters will only be allowed to step out of the box once per at bat. Thank you. Now that that's one I love. Also, shifts are going to be banned. Again, love that. And there's also talk about having bigger bases for what they call safety reasons. I mean, I understand that sometimes once in a blue moon, you'll get somebody twisting their ankle trying to reach base, or maybe you have uh, somebody who's coming first base get their ankle stepped on on accident. But let's be real. That's a once in a great while kind of thing. It's not, I don't think it's completely necessary to have bigger bases per se, but hey, to each their own, if that's what they want to do, fine. Fine. I'm not going to argue. And it'll be you do you, and we'll just enjoy the game. Um, thank you very much for checking out Katie's Corner. It's presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by our friends from Mohawk Honda and Johnstone Supply. Any questions, comments, concerns, either tweet me at Brian Katie, B R I A N C A D Y, or email me, Brian.Katie at GodzillaMedia.com. Think of the character Godzilla, take out the D. That's how you spell Godzilla. There you go. Brian.Katie at GodzillaMedia.com. Enjoy the final week of the regular season, and I will catch you next Thursday, October the 6th, for a full MLB playoff preview, and I will give you my predictions as to how the MLB playoffs will go down. It's going to be a great episode. I'm looking forward to it already. So enjoy the final late week of the regular season, especially if you're Mets fans. You're going to be sitting on the edge of your seats the entire week. And we'll catch you on episode 25 next week of Katie's Corner right here with Godzilla Media. Enjoy your baseball. <laughs>